0: Tonight we're going to talk about what faith is. We're going to talk about, we we talk about faith a lot, don't we? Faith is a word you hear all the time in church. We talk about faith a lot. So what even is faith? That's what we're talking about. And I've called this message, if you want to write this down, the four legs of faith. The four legs of faith of faith. We're only going to look at one verse tonight. This is Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. If you have the Bible app or your Bible, you can open it to Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. It'll also come up on the screen. Hebrews 11 is an amazing chapter of scripture. If you want a crash course of the entire Old Testament in like less than it'll take you 10 maybe 15 minutes to read. Read Hebrews chapter 11 it's amazing. We see all the great men and women of faith that God did amazing things in and through their life. So Hebrews 11, if you don't know the Old Testament, you don't know the stories, read Hebrews 11, you'll get a crash course on all the main characters. So you see these great men and women of faith, what they did. And then we see here this, this little idea of what faith is. Hebrews 11, verse 6, it says this. But without faith, it is, what's that word? Oh. Impossible. It says, without faith, it is Impossible to please him. Speaking of God. For he, that's speaking of you and me, who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. The NIV and the ESV say believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Let's pray together, and we're going to talk about these verses. Father, we thank you so much for this night. We thank you that you're here in this place, and we ask that you would speak to us. And we talk about this idea of faith. God, we pray that you would increase our faith, and God, you would help us to understand what faith is. God, be here. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And Everyone said? Amen. Amen. Now, the author in this verses uses a scary word. The scary word is impossible, right? That's a pretty, it's a pretty heavy word. Impossible means it's not possible, right? Impossible means can't be done. Like not even with Popsicle, it's not possible. You guys remember those commercials? No? Popsicle, it's possible. Anyways, just me. Um, We'll have free Popsicles after the service. I'm just kidding, we won't. Um, Anyways, you guys are like, why are you doing this? So this word impossible, it can't be done. It is humanly, physically, completely impossible, cannot be done. He says, it is impossible to please God. Now, if that's all that it said, that would be a horrible verse, wouldn't it? If the verse just said, it's impossible to please God. Sorry, sucks to suck. Like, right? Like... <laughs> it's impossible to please god. Good luck out there. But what he says is that without what? Without what? Faith, it is impossible to please God. So faith here is the key word in this scripture, right? If if we remo- if you like accidentally in your Bible marked out the word faith, like you're trying to underline and you accidentally use a sharpie and accidentally marked out faith and now forever your scripture says It's impossible to please God. That'd be a huge bummer. You'd be very confused. You'd be like, I don't understand what I'm supposed to do. He says, so this word faith is the important word when it comes to understanding how to please God. So the way, there is no way to please God without one idea, faith. So that means, with, obviously, without it, we can't please him. So with it is the only way we can please him. I know I'm kind of saying the same thing over and over again, but it's key. We have to get this. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So with faith, it is the only way to please God. Now, we'll talk about what it means to please God in just a moment. But I want you to understand and just sort of sit on the weight of this idea of faith. This is the key word. This is the this is what the author wants us to understand. This is what God wants us to understand. He wants us to understand number 1 that it is possible to please him. And he wants us to understand the way in which we can please him. Faith. 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 Now, time out, right? This is where I'm like, great pause. What the heck is faith? What is faith? Now, all of us, I'm sure, can have like some either very elementary school answer for that. Some of us could have some very theologically deep-sounding answers for that. But just what is faith? What is this idea? What is the big idea? If this is the only way to please God, we need to understand what it is. And for many of us, faith is is, is an idea. Faith might be a moment. Faith might be just some... Feeling that we experience that caused us to react to whether it be our sin or being scared of hell or or whatever it is, that that faith happened as a reaction of something else. But for many of us, we, we have some concept of faith, but I want us to understand deep down what is faith so that we can please God, or in other words, we can be forgiven and become right with God. Now, I've titled this message, The Four Legs of Faith. And so what we're going to do is we're going to build a chair tonight. Does that sound good? We're going to build a chair. This is going to be our seat for the chair. Um, I need one person to help me. Your hand went up first, so you come up here. Um, Yeah. I hold this. And then we're going to find leg number one. So what you got to do is uh, flip it over. You're going to, other way, go into this side, like this. You're going to po- go, this is one, so you're going to go into one. And uh, you've got to screw it in there. And our first point, you've got to push and twist kind of hard. Point number one, the first leg of faith is this word, come. All right, write down come, and there is our first leg. Thank you so much. You can grab your seat. All right. I'm, I'm hoping that it's in there Nice. And right. I'm going to give. All right. Point number one. Our first leg of faith is come. That's what the author says, right? He says, without faith, it is impossible to please God for he who comes to him. He who comes to God. Now, there's two ideas that we need to understand when it, when it aspect of faith and this idea of come. Number one is coming to the end of yourself. When it comes to relationship with God and it comes to pleasing God, this is the idea, pleasing God, or or to, to make God satisfied in you and in your life so that you can be God can be pleased with you is you have to come to the end of yourself. In other words, there is a recognition that you on your own cannot please God. You on your own cannot please God. Now, God, we need to understand, is perfect. You guys know God's perfect? God is is all-powerful. God is completely in control. God is everywhere at all times. God is, is beyond our comprehension, okay? Because God is perfect or holy or just or righteous in all of these big theological words, because of who he is, and we kind of talked about this last week, we cannot, because of our own failures and mistakes and sins, cannot enter into the presence of God. In fact, let me tell you a quick Old Testament story. In the Old Testament, before Jesus, before faith in Jesus and all of these things, when people wanted to access the presence of God, there would be only one time a year that they could access the presence of God. This was the Day of Atonement, and the high priest in the nation of Israel, the high priest had access to the presence of God. And the presence of God was so serious and so intense that if you walked in there on this one day a year and you did anything wrong, Your sins weren't completely covered by offerings and sacrifice and things like that. High priests would walk in there, and if they had things wrong in their life, they would drop dead on the spot. In fact, the scripture tells us that many of them would wear bells on their shoes so that the other priests knew if they heard the bells, that meant they were still walking around, they were still alive, and if the bells stopped, it wasn't good. It meant, man, this guy must have done something real bad. Because he's dead now. That's the idea. So the presence of God is is serious. And us on our own cannot access the presence of God. God. We cannot by our own efforts, our own works, our own doing, our own whatever. We cannot use what he says, please God. And part of faith, this is what we're unpacking. Part of faith is coming to the point where we realize I can't please God. The first step of faith is coming to the end of yourself where you realize that my church attendance, my good behavior, my giving to charity, my being nice to weird people, my whatever it is, cannot please God. It won't be enough. So we have to come to the end of ourselves. But also this idea means we have to come to Jesus. The, the idea of, of this whole thing of us being able to please God and recognize our own shortcomings and recognize our own sin is not to make us go like, well, this is horrible now. Like, I can't do anything. I can't get my life right. So I guess that's just it now. The point of it is to come to the end of yourself So that you start to look for a different way. You come to Jesus. We can't do it, but Jesus can. The point of the scripture is not that it is impossible to please God. The point of the scripture is that there is one way to please God. That's the point. The point is not like, hey, it's impossible to please God. Sorry. Sorry. No, no, the point of the scripture is there is a way to please God. There is one way to please God. You have to come to Jesus. He is the way that your sins can be forgiven. You can have right standing with God. And you can, to use this word again, please God. We can't, but Jesus can. The gospel, the message of Jesus Christ, the good news, can be summarized in four simple words. You ready for it? It's on the screen. Jesus in my heart place. For many of us, many of us, if, if I were to ask you like, hey, what, what's the gospel? Some of us might have ideas or we might have an understanding of it here, but we might not be able to articulate it or explain it. Let me help you, uh, let me help you articulate the gospel super simply. Four words, Jesus in my place. I deserved, I should have been, I should never all of these things, and yet Jesus is in my place. And now, because Jesus is in my place, the, the, the judgment and the penalty that I deserve because of my own shortcomings, Jesus took, and now because of who he is and because of where I stand, I take all that he is. You could actually add Jesus in my place and I in his. Jesus stood in my place, So I could stand in his place. The scripture says that he who knew no sin became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. So faith, what is faith? You have to come. You have to come to the end of yourself and you have to come to Jesus. That is leg number one of faith. You ready for leg number two? I need a volunteer again. All right, Miller, get up here. Give it up for Miller. Miller. All right, leg number two, you're going right there. you got to give a nice push and twist. You'll feel it when it goes in. Come on, push and twist, a little harder. You got it, you got it, you got it. Feels good? All right, point number two. (laughs) All right, point number two is... Believe. Leg number two is believe. Thank you, Miller. You can grab your seat. So you first must come to the end of yourself. You have to come to Jesus, and you have to believe. And the author in these verses tells us to believe two things. He tells us to believe that he is. Believe that he is. He's speaking of Jesus. Believe that he is. The idea is simple. Believe that Jesus is real and that he is God you got to believe that he exists, the NIV says. you got to believe that he is real, that Jesus was a person that lived 2,000 years ago. You have to recognize that. For many of us, Jesus is like an idea. For many of us, Jesus is like a concept, or, or, and the cross is like a cool analogy, and the resurrection is a cool story. What you have to do in order to have faith is you have to come to a point where you believe that he is. Jesus is not an idea. Jesus is not some cool story. Jesus is not some nice analogy. Jesus was a person that lived in Israel 2,000 years ago. He is real. But then you can't stop there. Because many people want to just say, like, oh, yeah, Jesus is a real person. He was like a great, great philosopher. Or he was a great, you know, nice guy, or a great teacher, or a great whatever, and we stop at him simply being that he exists. No, you have to believe that he exists, but you also have to believe that he is God. One of the things that Jesus did that you still, and you could spend the rest of your night thinking about this, is that Jesus was fully human, 100% a human being. He was a man. The Bible talks about except In fact the book of Hebrews talks about how he was tempted and tried he had difficulties and pains and temptations just like we have he was a hundred percent human but at the same time he was a hundred percent God he is the God man God made flesh the word made flesh he is God incarnate we use to talk about the Christmas story he is God in the flesh one of the things you have to come to to have faith is believe that he exists, that he is real and that he is God. Now, how do, we, how do we believe that? How do we know that? Well, we have to believe the testimony of Scripture, which is an eyewitness account. Right? You ever watch any, like, Law and Order or any of those types of shows? You know, like, the, always the, like, the big, like, this is our... This is what we got. We're hanging everything on this is the eyewitness account, right? And then every episode is like, what happened to our star witness? And they're like, oh, they got jumped or they got scared or they like got bribed or whatever it is. Because they know, they know that the eyewitness is going to seal the deal. Like we have them in the right place, or we have them in the wrong place, at the wrong, whatever it is, the eyewitness seals the deal. And the scripture, what the scripture is to us, what the Bible is for us, is eyewitness account that Jesus is real, that he died, and that he rose again. And so we have to believe that he is real, that he exists, and that he did what he did. Not only do we, th- does he tell that we have to believe that he is but also that he is a rewarder. Believe that he is, but also believe that he does, is what the author says. He is a rewarder to those who seek him. In other words, we have to believe that God is good and that he will be pleased with us simply by believing. We have to believe that he is, that he exists, but then also that he is a rewarder, that he is good, and that faith in Christ is really enough to save our soul. I think one of the big problems that many people have is not a faith issue, but a God issue. And what I mean by that is that for a lot of us, we aren't sure if God is really good enough or really capable enough of saving us by simply believing in him. Think about it. It's, it's pretty remarkable, isn't it? That, that is That the story of scripture. How do you please God? It's by faith. Well, what is faith? It's believing that Jesus is and believing that he does. But what else? Like, how many times do I have to go to church after that? Or, or how many how many mission trips do I have to go on before God's happy with me? How many times can I... Do I have to stop sinning before God is happy with me? How many times do I have to make sure that I, that I don't say that or I don't look at that or I don't act like that before God is pleased with me? Well, what do what we just read? Without what? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Therefore, with faith, through faith, it is the only way to please God. It's, it, the gospel is crazy. The gospel is good news, which is what the word gospel means, because it's it's crazy news. It's absurd news. If it was anything else, it would just be regular news, right? Regular news is is you owe me, so you have to pay me back. I mean, that doesn't, that's not news at all. That just, it's just life. That's why somebody created Venmo. I was like. I paid for your lunch, and now you pay me back. Like, that's how it works. But the gospel, that's not how the gospel works. The gospel is we owe God everything, and yet he stood in our place. He showed up and said, the bill's covered. I know you owe me with your life, but I'm going to stand in your place. And now you can be forgiven forever, and all you have to do is believe that's what makes it so good. And some people's problems are not faith problems, but God problems. Do you believe that God is truly good and that he really does have what is best in mind for you and he really is capable of saving your soul by simply believing in him? Do you believe that? You have to come to a point where you believe that he is and that he does. So what is faith? Faith, you've got to come to the end of yourself, and you've got to come to Jesus. What is faith? Well, you've got to believe that he exists and that he does. He is and he does. The third thing, the third leg, is you've got to seek. You've got to seek. I need a third volunteer. I need a girl. Here, right. Yeah. Come on. Come on now. All right. All right, leg number three. Okay, this is the top, and it's gonna go right into there. And you're gonna push it in, and then you're gonna twist Can it. Yeah, please. Oh yeah, you killed that. Come on now. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right. So our third leg. Remember, we're building a chair. We're building a chair, or like a little stool. You know, like this is something you'd like pull up and like, I don't know. Yeah. Something like that. You just pull up to like, I don't know what you would use this chair for. It actually is the same height as your guys' chair. So I would, if I sat next to you guys, we'd be the same height. So it's just a regular chair. Number three, our third leg is seek. Seek. That's what he says, right? By, without faith, it is impossible to please God. In other words, faith is the only way to please God. And if you come to him, you have to come to the end of yourself. You have to come to Jesus. And you have to believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. That's what it says. Diligently seek him. Now, God is a rewarder of those who seek him. Diligence, this idea, he says, diligently seek him. This idea of diligence is to have endurance and perseverance, and it, it is to have a goal and to go after it, right? So to have to, to do something with diligence means I have a goal and I'm doing whatever it takes to get me to that goal. I'm going in a direction, I have a goal, and I wanna see that goal accomplished. The goal in our sense of what we're talking about tonight is God. The goal, the target, the destination is God. Now this word seek it means, obviously, to seek out, but it means to investigate, and it means to scrutinize. Now, scrutinize, that word, it's not a word we probably use very often, but it's basically the, this idea of attempting to poke a hole in something. You're like, you're like trying to see, like, looking at it from every angle and see where the, where the flaw was. We, uh, we we go to Ghana, West Africa, every year for the last. Well, my dad's been going forever. We've been going for the last three or four years, and uh, one of the things we do is Jack, who's the children's ministry teacher down the way. He's like a magician, and he comes, and uh, it's hilarious because in where we are in Africa, there's a lot of like strange witchcraft and things like that. So he has to tell them. Like they literally say, "It's not juju." It's just a trick. And like pa- Pastor Donay, who's the pastor there in, in Ghana, he comes up after Jack and before Jack. He's like, not voodoo, <laughs> just a trick. <laughs> not voodoo. Like it's not sorcery. It's just a trick. But Jack will go up there and he'll do like these crazy like sleight of hand tricks or he'll make people disappear or things disappear. Like just crazy stuff. And we, whenever we go back to the room, we like scrutinize him. We're like, so how did you do that? Like, tell me what, and we're like looking at it from every angle. And he's like, good magician, never reveals his tricks. We're like, but how did you do, and the idea of scrutinize, the idea of, of seek out is to look at and look for from every angle. I'm trying to understand this. I'm trying to unpack this. It's to put to the test. Listen, part of faith is not just taking someone else's word for it but to look for it for yourself. Part of faith, this whole journey that we're all on, the relationship with God, is to not just take someone else's word for it. Can I challenge many of you that have grown up in church or grow up with Christian families or grow up around things like this, ask questions for yourself. It is important for you to not just take someone else's word for it, but to find your own faith, to have your own relationship with God. Now, to seek is also to go where God wants you to go and be close to him. To seek after God, in other words, like I said, the destination is God. To seek after God is to be close to God. I don't know about you, but I hate looking for things. I hate it. I love finding things. I love finding things. I hate losing things, and I hate looking for things. So the goal, whenever I, I I never just, like, wake up one morning and be like, let's just look for stuff today. (laughs) Like, let's just lose stuff and then just look for stuff. No, 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 I never like go home at night and be like, do you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna put my keys in the weirdest place possible so that way the next morning when I'm in a rush and I have to leave, I have to spend 15 extra minutes looking for my car keys. Never do that, never do that. Usually it's just like walk home with the keys and then I'm like, what did I do with the car keys? But part of the thing about about looking for something, when you're looking for something, you wanna find it, right? Right? not just looking for it to look for it. You want to find it. And so when he says you have to diligently seek him, the idea is that you want to find God. And to find God is to be close to God. To find God is to be near God. And listen, this is key. This is so important. If you're close to him, you'll be doing what he wants you to do. If you're close to him, you'll be doing what he wants you to to do. A big idea of faith, as we've been talking about it, is a word called repentance, which repentance sounds like a scary word, but repentance simply means to turn around. Whenever you hear in the Bible this idea of repentance or repent and uh, repent from your sins or anything like that, it's just this idea of you're going this direction This is this direction away from God. I'm not seeking after God. I'm not worshiping God. I'm not walking with God. To repent from that is to just go like this, to seek after God, to worship God, to walk with God. That's repentance. It's to do a 180. It's to turn around. Faith, listen, this is key. Faith is always being willing to turn and go in the direction of God. Now, for a lot of us, we've had a moment of repentance where we were, maybe we were doing our own thing, we're not walking with God, and we met Jesus. Maybe it was a night like tonight, maybe it was your parents sharing the story with you, maybe it was a friend inviting you, maybe it was you just watching it unfold in other people's lives, and you came to a point, and you're like, I need that. And you turned from whatever mindset or idea or thinking you had, and you Turn to God, and you started to follow after God. Now, can I tell you that walking with God is constantly being willing to repent and turn to God? It's always, it's daily, right? It's, it's I have a negative thought, I'm gonna repent and I'm gonna turn to God. I wanna be mean to that person, repent and turn to God. I wanna freak out and yell at this person or I wanna go and do this thing I'm not supposed to do or I'm gonna, I'm gonna repent am going to repent. I'm going to turn around, and I'm going to go in the direction of God. Faith is always being willing to turn and go in the direction of God, to dive in and look for what God would have for you and where he would have for you to go. All right, let me recap, and then we'll get to our last one, okay? Faith. What is faith? It is to come to God. It's to come to the end of yourself, and it is to come to Jesus. It is to believe that he is, that he exists, and that he does, that he is good. And you have to seek. In other words, you've got to be where God is, and you've got to do what God wants you to do. That's faith. That is in a moment of faith that happens, but that is in a life of faith that happens. All right, fourth and final point. Who wants to help me with this last one? Man, there's a lot of hands, a lot of hands. A lot of hands. Man, I I thought too long. Shane, you can help me. I overthought it. (laughs) I overthought it. (laughs) Golly, you guys all made me so nervous. Okay, last one. Do you guys want the point first or do you want to see the leg go in first? All right, leg first, here we go. Fourth and final point. Drum roll, please. Twist it in a little better, twist it a little better. All right. Let's see our chair. All right. Fourth and final point, Christian, thank you. That was my fourth and final point, is sit. Now, the word faith, the word faith is a common Christian word, isn't it? faith. Which, it's, it's a common word, but it's not an everyday word. You know, the better a better sort of translation or a better way for us to understand faith is the word trust. It's trust, okay? And when we talk about trust, we have a different, at least for me, have a different understanding of trust than we have of faith. Faith, for many of us, is like this hypothetical, theoretical, up in the clouds, faith. It's just like, it's there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have faith. It's just like this mystical, like goes out the roof into the atmosphere and just kind of floats away, faith. Now, trust, trust is something that happens. Trust is something that we sort of can can put our hands on. Trust is dependence, isn't it? I trust you, so I'm going to depend on you. Trust is confidence, meaning I, 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 if I tell you this or I share this with you, if I trust you, I, I am believing that you are going to keep this between you and me. Trust. It's confidence. Trust is honesty, isn't it? Trust is I'm going to be open and, and vulnerable, and I'm going to expect the same thing from you. Trust is honesty. And trust is relationship, right? Trust is relationship. And as you get to know people, that's when you begin to open up and be honest about things in your life, right? Trust is relationship. To have faith is to have total trust, confidence, and assurance in who God is and what he's done. And if we trust him, we will surrender our lives to him. Trust goes beyond simply a thought or a belief, but it leads to a way that you live. I mentioned this book uh, last week, and it's the, sort of the book that we're basing this series off of called uh, uh, Stop Asking Jesus Into Your Heart. But the author, he said this, quote, Faith starts with a mental ascent, but mental assent must lead to obedience. Faith starts with a mental ascent. In other words, when we begin to think and believe and and, and understand who God is. But it's not just a mental ascent. Okay? Faith is not just something you think. Faith is not just something that you sort of imagine. Faith is not just something that sticks in your head and it stays in your head. Faith is something that starts there, but it leads out of your head and into your life. Faith is something that affects your living. Trust is something that requires an action and obedience. Obedience is to rest all of yourself on him. Faith, trust, is to rest all of yourself in him. Now, we built this chair, right? It's a pretty nice chair. (laughs) <laughs> to sit in this chair, in order for me to, I'm, I'm about to put my life in your guys' hands, right? You guys just built this chair right before our eyes, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit in it. Now, let me tell you what sitting is not. Okay, I'm going to move this so we can all see. This is not sitting. <laughs> right? Right? This is not sitting. All of the weight is still on my legs. Let me tell you, I'm starting to get out of breath already. <sighs> I Can't do this for very long. But that is not sitting. That is still confidence and trust in my own legs. Why? Because I don't trust you guys very much. Right, because like I just watched you build this, this chair and I'm kinda scared to sit in it in front of all of you guys. So this is not trust. Many of us approach our relationship to Jesus like that. We come to Jesus and we're like, I believe in you. I have faith in you. I trust you. Well, how much do you trust him? Well, I mean, not enough to like completely let go. Like not enough to say I'm gonna let go of, so we still have confidence in our own ability. Or we still have confidence in in, in in our in our attempt to not sin. And we still have confidence in, in our own whatever it is. And we're, we're close, but we're not resting, we're not sitting in him. What faith is, faith is to let go of the knees and to sit. Faith is, is, is the willingness, listen to me, to willing, the willingness to take all the weight off of yourself and put all of the weight, right, onto the chair. You guys, you guys had an act of faith when you sat down tonight, right? You didn't even think about it. You didn't even think about the weight going from your knees onto the chair. It just happened. You just (laughs) sat yourself down. You popped yourself down there, pulled out your phone. You started scrolling through Instagram since we since you sat down. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just, that was a joke. Come on, lighten up. Um, right? But there was, there was a moment of, of faith. There was a moment of trust that the factory chairs were going to hold you up, that you didn't eat too much Popeyes before you came in here, and you're still good, and you sat down, and you're fine. <laughs> there was trust. There was faith. Listen, let me tell you, let me tell you. That relationship with God requires the ability to let go of yourself and completely trust in God. It's to say, it's to say, I am not going to try to attempt to achieve. I'm not going to try and attempt to make myself right with God. I'm not going to pretend. I hate to say it, but many of us come to church and we're living Christian lives like this. We're, we're, we're close. You're so close. You're so close, but you've got this appearance of faith. You've got this appearance of faith, but really, you've just gotten really good at squatting. Really, you've just got really good of, 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 of acting a part, but all of your confidence is still in yourself. And until you're willing to let go and trust in God. Let go and rest all of your weight, all of your sin, all of yourself, all of your mind, all of your insecurities, all of your anxieties, all of your misconceptions about who he is or life or any. Until you're willing to let that go and rest it in him, you will never have confidence in your salvation. Worship team, you guys can come up here. As I close, I I want to just speak on one more thing. Can I stay sitting down? Is that okay? Thanks, Shane. (laughs) One of the things that is, I think, a problem for many of us when it comes to relationship with God is, is many of us can think back to a moment of salvation for us. Now, what I mean for that is for some of you guys, you can think back. Can you guys still see me okay or should I stand up? All right, I'm going to stay seated. It's a nice chair. You guys have built a really great chair. Yeah. It's a really great chair. But, but part, of the, part of the problem is for many of us, we, can, we think back to a moment of our salvation. So whether it's whether it was like maybe it was something like SNL or maybe it was something like a camp you went on or maybe it was something like a youth night six months ago or a year ago. And whether it was through the message or through the worship and you felt something, right? You felt that closeness to God. You felt that like, whoa. And maybe, maybe, it, was, maybe it was one of those whoa where you just regretted so deeply your mistakes, where like you felt just the heaviness and the weight of your own sin in that moment. And you just, maybe with tears in your eyes and regret, you're like, I just need, I need healing. I need forgiveness. For those others of you, you're just like, this makes sense. This is just, I get it. Like I understand, I, I, I recognize I'm, I fall short. God is good. He loves me. End of story. Let's do this thing. And, and for many of us, we think back to a moment But what tends to happen is the farther away we get from a moment of salvation, the farther away we think we are from being saved. What I mean by that is when we can no longer feel the things we felt when we first got saved, we begin to doubt whether or not we're truly saved. The farther away you get from from it, why? Because your memory fades and your feelings fade. I remember um, a few years back, we went to a summer camp in California. And we're at the camp, and let me tell you, whenever we go to these camps, God does amazing things. And I remember one of the nights we were there, and the worship team was amazing. The message was on point. And it was just one of those moments where, like, all of us were just kind of overwhelmed by the goodness and the grace of God. There was like people were crying, like, people were like praying over each other. People were just like, this is, and like, we didn't want to, like, worship went on for like three hours. We're like, we don't want this to end. And we're like, this is, and then what happens is, that was like, I think that was 2016 when we went on that trip. It's 2020 now. Whoa, 2020. That was a long time ago. And what happens is, is the memory fades, the feelings fade, and you wonder like, was it even real? Was it just? Was it just a feeling? Was it just an emotion? Was it? I don't know. Am I even? Am I even really saved? Did that prayer that I prayed that night, or alone in my room, or, or or when I was when I was talking with that person, was that? Did that prayer even work? God, did you even hear me up there? And so we begin to wonder. We begin to doubt. We begin to think that maybe, maybe that moment, we're not saved. Can I tell you that it doesn't matter about a moment that happened whenever it happened? The test to see whether or not you are saved is to ask, where are you seated now? In other words, are you seated now in faith? Are you seated now in Christ? Have you come to the end of yourself have you come to Jesus? Have you believed that he is and he does? Have you, do you have a desire to be close to him? Do you have a desire to do what he wants you to do? And are you doing what he wants you to do? And are you resting your confidence in him? Confidence for our salvation is not looking back to a moment where we think we're saved. Confidence in our salvation is looking back 2,000 years to a cross when Jesus said it is finished. That's where we find our confidence. It's not from a feeling that we felt. It's looking back farther than that. It's it's going way past that. It's going back to an empty grave where Jesus says you are new in him. The the old things have passed away. All things have become new. You are a child of God. It's not thinking about a moment. It's not thinking about a, a thought. It's not thinking about a feeling. It's about recognizing where you're seated. Where are you sitting? Where are, you, are you sitting in Him? Are you sitting with Him? Do you have a desire to be where He is and a desire to do what He, do what he wants you to do? That's how you have confidence in, in salvation. It's not thinking about a feeling. It's not looking back and saying, did I say that prayer right? He kind of went fast, and I was a little confused. And I don't know, like He said, dear God, ask you in my heart, and I said it backwards, and am I really saved? No. <laughs> salvation, faith... Pleasing God, that's what we're talking about. Pleasing God comes from where you're seated. Are you seated in him? Are you trusting him enough to let go of the weight off of yourself and completely dependent on him?